Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. As always, I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, we're going to be talking about the number one thing that helps you play your best on a shot-by-shot and round-by-round basis. We all know that mental game issues make us play worse, but on this episode, you're going to learn why and how to turn that around and play up to your potential. But before we get into this episode, I have a brand new product that I just released. It's a custom weekly practice plan. You give me your stats or your assessment of your driving approach shots, short game and putting, and you tell me when you can typically practice, and I will hand build you a practice plan and send it to you in PDF form, as well as a customizable template with practice challenges. If you're interested in practicing better and practicing the way I did to get good enough to make it to the finals of a USGA championship and the thing I used to practice last week, the thing I will use to practice this weekend, then you need a custom weekly practice plan. Go to joshnicholsgolf.com slash practice dash plan, or go to the link in the show notes to learn more and purchase your practice plan. Or if you feel like you need one-on-one work on your mental game, that's what I do. Yes, I host this podcast and now build practice plans for players, but my actual occupation is working with players all over the world on their golf psychology. If you like these Golf Thought Thursday episodes, this is the exact type of stuff, topics, uh, exercises, those kind of things that I work on with my players. So if you'd like to take the next step to improve your mental game, then send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com, or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. Or if you'd like a less formal intro to mental coaching, or you don't want to pay for the practice plan, you could take the mental game assessment. It's a free 15 minute questionnaire that will give you your mental strengths and your biggest area for mental improvement. It's a great resource. It's the resource that I use to work on to, uh, in my work with my players. It's a great resource to start working on your mental game. And again, the best part is it's free. The link to everything that I've mentioned, uh, already will be in the show notes of this episode. All right, let's learn how to stack the deck in your favor on a shot by shot basis. When you play, what's a mental game issue that you usually face? Maybe it's wanting to impress others. Maybe it's wanting to live up to your own expectations. Maybe you just want to hit the ball solid. Some others might be having a great pre-round warm-up and worrying about it translating. Having a terrible pre-round warm-up and hoping it'll magically get better. Being worried about getting off to a good start. Or you're in your head about shanking it or in your head about the yips that you can't get rid of, or you're panicking after a good start, hoping you don't ruin it. I could go on and on. The mental game issues in golf are nearly endless, and we all face at least one, if not all of those, every single time we play. And they're all pretty different. Some of them are from a source of worrying what other people think. Some are meeting our own super high standards. Some are from needing to validate our hard work. Some are anxiety about an uncertain future. The variety of sources that our mental issues could come from are widely varied and also endless uh, in in and of themselves. But there's one thing that I think they all have in common. One reason why each of them are hurtful to our game. They all pull us away from the present. 
Each one of these brings your mind into the future or the past or projecting onto others or back to the last golf lesson you had or the next hole or the 19th hole or what will the college coach or mom or dad or my buddies or the media say about how I played? How will I have to answer for the score that I just shot? All of these are places other than the present. Not one of them have to do with where your feet are. You will perform best when your mind is where your feet are, when you're in the present, when you're experiencing your round of golf moment by moment. And what all of our mental game issues do is bring us out of the present. They make it much more difficult to experience our round moment by moment because now we're mentally experiencing everything else besides what's happening in front of us. This isn't always as dramatic as this either. In fact, it's almost always so subtle we don't even catch ourselves doing it until we've just bogeyed three holes in a row and finally snap out of it. But we don't have to let it get that far. We can catch our minds when they first want to wander off, or a thought pops in and wants to take our minds with it to wherever, uh, wherever it wants to go, and we can notice that thought and let it go and come back to the present. This starts with self-awareness. The reason why self-awareness is so important is because it takes you out of habitually, mindlessly doing things. Studies show that by default, we spend about half of our waking lives doing things mindlessly, doing things where we're doing something and our mind is elsewhere. We're thinking about something while we're doing it. That means we're doing something while our mind is elsewhere, which I'm sure you can relate to. We hit a golf shot while thinking about where we don't want it to go. We're reading a putt, but we're not really thinking about what we're seeing. We're going through the motions of our pre-shot routine. We're we're playing around a golf while thinking about work or thinking about dinner or or whatever. Self-awareness stops that mindless wondering before it can start. So if self-awareness is the way to stop the mind wondering and be able to be present while you play golf which is the way you'll perform your best, how do we do that? Do we just force ourselves to notice every single thought and shove out all the bad thoughts? What do you think? Okay, you guessed it. That's not quite it. Instead, we need to train a non-judgmental awareness. Why do you need to be non-judgmental of what you're self-aware about? Because self-awareness by itself can lead to harshly judging every thought you have against what you should be thinking. Okay, before we figure this out uh, of what to actually do about this, let's recap what we've got so far, just quickly. First off, we need to be in the present to play our best. But by default, we mind wander at least half the time, at least half of our rounds. So we need to be self-aware of our thoughts to stop that mind wandering. But self-awareness by itself can lead to harsh judgment of our own thinking which creates more problems than it solves. So if we need to have non-judgmental self-awareness to be in the present without harshly criticizing our own thinking, how do we train non-judgmental self-awareness? Well, I'm glad you asked. Two words, mindfulness practice. Okay, one word, meditation. Meditation is the leading way that I've learned and experienced to be able to notice thoughts or mind wondering, see those thoughts without judgment, and return to the present. As you're doing, let's say, a simple breath-centered mindfulness practice, aka focusing on your breath for eight minutes, 
thoughts will inevitably pop in and distract you from your breath. Or your mind will inevitably wander away from your breath. So then at that point, because you're paying attention and not mindlessly going with the thoughts, you're able to consciously choose to let the thoughts come and go or come and stay. That's being non-judgmental about your thoughts. And then you choose to bring your attention back to your breath. So with meditation, you've trained yourself to pay attention to something in the present, notice thoughts that can distract you, noticing them without judgment, and then return your attention back to the present. This sounds kind of like a scenario on the golf course, right? You're paying attention to something in the present, like the shot you're about to hit. Then thoughts pop in, like whatever you do, don't hit it in the water. You can see those thoughts without judgment, which means they don't really mean anything. They're not good or bad. They're just thoughts. And then you consciously choose to bring your attention back to the present, which that's the shot you're about to hit. This is how to train yourself to be in the present, which is where you'll play your best golf. Instead of playing half your round mindlessly distracted into the past or the future, mindfully and non-judgmentally notice the thoughts that pop in and then return to the present. And you train this through mindfulness practice or meditation. There's a slew of meditation apps out there. I haven't tried all of them, but I'm sure they're all great. But ideally, what you're looking for is something simple and not overly guided. You're ultimately trying to train for what you'll experience on the course, which doesn't mean relaxing and chilling and being quiet-minded and being zen and being blanked out. It means focusing on something simple like the breath or the part of your body, noticing the thoughts that will come in and returning to the breath. And eventually doing it unguided would be best because you're not exactly guided on the course, right? You're just out there with you and your brain. So I encourage you to train this way, five to eight minutes a day. It takes hours and hours of playing and practicing and working out and eating right to improve your game. So taking five to eight minutes a day to improve your mind shouldn't be too bad. All right, everyone, hope you learned a thing or two about how to stay present on the golf course and therefore how to play your best. As always mentioned at the end of these episodes, what you've heard isn't therapy. It's meant for information and entertainment purposes only. If you feel like you need personal help on some deeper things you're going through, I encourage you to go talk to a licensed professional. But on the golf psychology front, if you feel like what you've heard doesn't quite cut it and you'd like to work one-on-one with someone, I'm a golf psychology coach. I work with players all over the world on improving their minds so they can improve their performance on the course. If you'd like to get in touch with me, feel free to send an email to mentalgolfshow at gmail.com or you can visit my website, joshnicholsgolf.com. And again, if you want to improve the quality of your practice and get the most out of your time, then let me hand build you a custom weekly practice plan. Go to joshnicholsgolf.com slash practice dash plan, or you can go to the link in the show notes to learn more. I also encourage you to go take the mental game assessment. It's free, takes about 15 minutes. Uh, it'll give you your mental strengths and areas for improvement. I highly recommend that. Just free resource. Just just go take that. If, if none of this other stuff uh, is uh, interesting to you, at least go do that. And again, the link to everything I mentioned will be in the show notes of this episode. All right. Thanks again to everyone who listens to the Mental Golf Show. Really, it's it's amazing. Whether you're new here or you've been here since day one, which I know some of you have, the, you reach out to me about it. I really appreciate the community that you've been a part of building. 
If you've learned something on this episode, go subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You got to leave a review. That's how most people can, can learn about this podcast. And when you go leave a review, maybe mention the biggest thing that you've learned listening to the podcast under your five-star review. And I would love it if you shared this episode with a friend who seems like they play their game mindlessly. We all know that person. Okay, thanks for listening to The Mental Golf Show. I'm Josh Nichols, and I will catch you guys next time.